Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, Paige Niedringhouse, and this is going to be a special panelist episode. So I am joined by TJ Van Toll. Hey, everybody. And Jack Harrington. Hello. Happy to be And back. Jack is going to be our special guest panelist today. <laughs> he, Air quotes he's going guest, to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to be educating TJ and I and hopefully some of our listeners about island architecture, which is an architecture that I am not familiar with. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I guess we could do our usual why, why are you famous thing, but I'll just pass on that. So, um, okay. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there. And we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. Yeah, I think the best thing to do, I've been thinking about how to introduce this, is to kind of go through a little bit of history about sort of web development and how we got here sort of thing. And I would say, you know, we started off with just pure sort of server-side apps like PHP, Perl, Java, yeah, JSP back in the day, right? And yeah. then we we're like, cool, we're going to add some JavaScript onto this, make it a little more interactive, maybe add some form validation, that sort of stuff. So we added in like jQuery and started doing some form validation, maybe a little bit of REST API stuff. And then the mm -hmm. REST thing exploded and we we're like, cool, now we can make the whole app like on the client, right? Right. And, but the problem was that we get this sort of blank white page, you mm -hmm. know, and you, and, and then boom, you know, you download some, you know, JavaScript and then boom, you get the, the page. Yep. After you do some rest requests and whatnot. And it just looked ugly. So at that point, I think that was when I, I want to say like the state of the art was like handlebars, backbone, if you remember that sort of stuff about like, mm -hmm. you oh, yeah. make a decently ember, make a decently yep. sized app. Right. And then we got into the world where we were like doing Node you know, for the server. And we're like, oh, well, Node runs JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And we could have a framework that could work in both places. And that's how we got to React, where you could have a framework that was running the same thing, same code that was running on the client could also be run on the server. And, you know, you brought in this word isomorphic, you know, so like, how cool does that sound? Like I'm doing isomorphic <laughs> programming, right? <laughs> And we got into this thing, server-side rendering. So the idea is that you run exactly the same piece of code on the server. You maybe go off and get some API requests, you know, get those, preload the data, render it on the server, and then put it out onto the client. And I think that's, that's conceptually where most people think that that is actually how it works. But it's a little bit hairier and worse than that, actually. So if you ever worked with Next, which is, I think, what people use, a lot of folks use for SSR, Mm -hmm. uh, or server-side rendering. If you look at how it works, so there's this get server-side props or whatever, and that's where you go and get your data, 
Right. And let's say that you're going and getting like, a, let's just think about like a blog. So you got a blog, it's got some posts and it's got like comments, you know, so and you want and there's header and footer and all that. Right. And so so you go off and get some information about the header and the footer. What, what are my links and stuff? You get the content of the article, you maybe get the most recent comments and then you put those, you shoot those all into the component for props. Right. And then the, the component does all the rendering and then you're off, off to the races, right? And, but if you look at the, the page source, what you see is you see all the HTML at the top of the page and that's great, right? So that's the first thing it renders on the client. That's why the pages look snappy. You don't have the white screen anymore. But then you get this massive data blob down below that, which is the article and the header links and the comments and everything like that. So you basically have all the data twice. Mm-hmm. You got all the data and stuffed into the HTML rendered and all the data is actually in this massive script blob at the end and then over on the client what happens is you see so render all that html and then you put the script blob somewhere in like a global variable right and then you bring in the bundle for your app and then you start rehydrating the app with all of that data that was saved in that that window variable and then hopefully you your app runs you do your render cycle on the client this time and you build a virtual dom on the client and then hopefully it, it matches the DOM that's actually on the page. And you do this diffing to make sure that it does. And then you get some nasty warnings if it doesn't. And then finally, you're live, right? That is the point at which you can your, your customer can actually click a button after doing all that. And so what you've done is you've actually run your whole app twice. You run it once on the server and once on the client. Mm-hmm. And it's hellacious. Like I, we've sort of been living with this for the past, I don't know, what, seven, eight years? How really, how long have we done this sort of thing? And it's just not a, it's not a brilliant idea. And so there are some folks that have been coming. I think there's some partial hydration stuff that's being now done over in like the React core team, things around that. I think people have been looking at this problem and saying, this is a bad deal. Mm-hmm. How do we solve this? But now there's this new idea. So the, basically... If you think about it, like what what's happening is that Next is sort of naively thinking about your whole page as a one big dynamic page, right? Mm-hmm. Like the header. I mean, we know empirically, like the header and the footer aren't going to change. Right? Right. There's not that much going on. Like the most that's going to happen there is you're going to like click on it. It's going to drop down something or something. There's not really a lot of dynamic behavior going on there. Same sort of thing with the footer. And then the, like, the, the, the blog comments, the blog page, the blog itself is not going to change, right? It's right. basically static. And, but the only thing is really might change. You might add a comment or something, sure. you know? So it's, it's largely a static page, but the, mm-hmm. but next in its naivete is like saying, well, it's all dynamic, right? Cause we can't tell the difference. So the islands architecture thing is basically coming at it from the other the completely opposite direction and saying that, okay, what's, Consider that all pages are roughly static, like the header is static, the content of the of the blog post is static, comments are roughly static, headers, footers by mostly static. But we're gonna have these little islands. So there's a sea, the sea of static, right? And then within the within that sea, there's gonna be these little islands of dynamic behavior, like the login button or the the comment down at the bottom, like where you put in your comment. That's gonna be dynamic. See. So when you download, you may have a massive, massive, massive JavaScript that would build out the page itself mm-hmm. on the server, but it's only the code for the islands that actually gets sent to the client. And these frameworks do a really cool thing where they actually make it so that the, the island code runs on both the client and the server, but the, mm-hmm. the, the, other page, the other page doesn't. And so you get this really nice, per, huge performance benefit, right? So you only do the hydration, you only do the, the, the JavaScript that actually goes to the client. 
for those little islands. And the net effect is that you, it like the paid, like the size of the bundles is like tiny. It's like, you know, 12K or something like that. And you can start doing cool things like only loading it if you actually like scroll it onto the page and things like that. So there's, there's other cool benefits as well. But yeah, so that's kind of the basics of island architecture or that sort of overall idea. Gotcha. Okay, so that's a lot to take in. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, you know, just, you know, like, there you go. There's your 10-inch bill. Well, it's interesting because I feel like when you describe, like, the way Next works, I feel like that's the way a whole lot of deployed applications work today in production. I mean, yeah, Paige yeah. and I help maintain an app that works, multiple apps that work pretty much exactly as you described. Me yeah. too. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like it's done that way partially because it's easy, right? Yes. Like Next yeah. makes it super easy. So even though, yes, some extra work is happening, some of that work is uh, being done on the server. And a lot of it is completely transparent to you, the developer. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. don't have to, to worry about it. And I also feel like, and you can, since I have no experience with this, <laughs> you can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong in this, but I also feel like this is like an optimization that you probably notice the most, the more complex your website is because yeah, I feel like your, your simple like blog example, chances are like, yes, you're doing some extra work, but it's not going to be anything you ever notice, right? Because next in modern JavaScript and whatever can plow through that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But you get into a far more complicated site, which people are building like incredibly complex apps with this architecture, then you're you are going to start to notice this sort of thing at some point. I, at least that would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, I guess I'm, my thought about that would be, you know, at the very bare minimum, you're downloading like 500 and some K of JavaScript for just Hello World nowadays. <laughs> you know, why? But oh, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Page well, one, it sounds almost like we're we're swinging back towards the sprinkling of javascript on the client yes. side you know we're exactly. it's all powered exactly. by javascript under the hood which is the difference between this and pug or you know any of those other older right PHP, jsp whatever yeah exactly yeah. yes yeah <laughs> but we're Welcome. just sprinkling it where it needs to go again yes what is it? Time is a flat circle or something like that. You know, it's like right. it's the Ouroboros. We're basically back to <laughs> an enhanced page. Right. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, I mean, the the thing that was it's so difficult about really large client side applications, because I worked with AngularJS, which was probably one of the earliest ones. And it was it was awful to debug because all of our logic was client side. So you couldn't, you really could step through code or recreate. And it was so heavy and yeah. the page would, would slow down. It would break. We had these massive tables. They wouldn't scroll, you know, everything. <laughs> just And the, and there was no SEO. So if you needed no. to be able to find your website and you were depending on good content or whatever, you were completely out of luck if you were using something that was all client side rendered, which a lot of companies rely on is Google results. And if you don't render anything until the page gets loaded. Google doesn't know what to do with that. It's never going to find it. It did. Now it does. But that's... You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google's gotten a little bit better about that. But yeah, you're totally right. And then, yeah, so that's why we had the SSR thing, but we also had the white page thing. And mm -hmm. so you can fix the SSR thing. You can fix the or SEO thing. You can fix the SEO thing, but the, the white page still remains. They just, just load these massive apps and they're just not that performant. 
So what kind of, we talked a little bit about Next.js, but are there particular frameworks that are really embracing this and are good for island architecture if that's what you want to do? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've added a link in the show notes to a really good article on patterns.dev for island architecture. And it kind of goes through pretty much what I was talking about. But I guess you're too, well, there's, there's the one that I've been working with recently called Fresh. And then there's another one. <laughs> and then there's one called uh, Astro, which is getting a lot of play as well. And Astro is kind of cool. Apparently, you can write the islands in whatever different systems you want. So you can have mm-hmm. Preact on the same page as React as opposed to View. I'm not sure I would do that personally, but, you know, <laughs> it's a thing. And then there's Fresh, which is basically just Preact, which is cool. I mean, if you got React skills, right, Preact is going to feel very, 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 very familiar with to you. But it's on top of uh, Dino, which people are like, for whatever reason. <laughs> I, and I don't know why. I, I think Dino is actually kind of cool. Of course, I pronounce it Deno, but that's just because it's silly and we underpronounce everything. <laughs> is Dino the official pronunciation? I think it or, is. I think yeah, so. I got I got called out on this on one of my uh, comments <laughs> in my video. They're like, I hate to be that guy, but you're pronouncing it wrong. Like, uh, whatever. Apparently, the guy that made it doesn't care, but whatever. <laughs> I think it's just, it's a little bit less known and tested Mm -hmm. as opposed to something like node which has been around for over a decade now so that that's probably you know people don't like to learn something new once they try it and they and they figure out how it works and why it's great they'll be fine but it's still relatively an early an early comer to the the server (laughs) server world yeah i would love to say that there is like remix or Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Uh, Redwood JS that does this out of the box. Unfortunately, no. I can't. Like, yeah, it's the same. I think it's the same thing. I, I tested Redwood last night and it was very heavy on the, it was still the big old bundle, mm. even even with the static content. They've got some things, you know, pre-render, whatever, some optimizations. But uh, I think I guess the close, if you want to just kind of take your, your code as is, probably Astro would be this close, like, you know, because that, that can support straight up React. Mm-hmm. So... That's going to be the easiest way to get. If you just want to stick with React, if you don't like, oh, oh my gosh, React, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> was it Fresh? Was Fresh the one that was Dino? Mm-hmm. I'm saying it right, right? Dino based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Dino. I'm, I'm uh, just looking over the site right now because I, I think my concern with anything new is just like the... The little things like am I when I run into weird compiler issues, am I and am I am I gonna be able to Google it and find answers? Right. right. Am I gonna host? Like have, it, have any either of you messed with Dino before? Like is hosting like not like possible? Can you host it on like oh, yeah. node? Is does it like use some of the same guts as node, like under the hood for hosting or Oh, it actually is the same V eight core underneath the hood, which is okay. Which is unlike Bun, which you could talk about Bun if you want to talk about Bun, but <laughs> It's still V8. The big difference between Dino and Node, I guess, is that you, the way that you import stuff, the importing on Dino is with the, you know, you basically import URLs and you create this import map that can make it easier and kind of syntactically the same. But they really wanted to fix like the package manager problem and also some security issues. I think the security issues, they're not, they don't, aren't as impactful as like the whole import things. If you're, if you're used to the whole NPM package thing, it feels like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is weird. I ain't seen this <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. But oh, when it comes to like deployment though, oh my God. So you can deploy it like normally. You can do the, I don't know, whatever, Dockerize, whatever. You probably can do Lambda. I'm sure you can do Lambdas. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you can definitely do Lambdas because they actually do Lambdas. And there's this thing called Deno Deploy, 
which is so ridiculously fast. It is crazy. Like you put up one of these, you, you link your GitHub repo that's got your Deno code in it, or sorry, Dino code in it. <laughs> and you say, you know, go. And you can like, I mean, it, it's like five seconds to get deployed. Wow. It's crazy. So, yeah. So like when you do a git commit and push it like five seconds later, you're live. It's, it's ridiculous. So is that something that you could host on Netlify or do you really need like a digital ocean server or something that's more server, can, server friendly? I think you can host on, basically it's, it's, you know, it's just like node, you know, mm-hmm. to just, and it's got the same stability. It's, it's been around long enough where I can think we can say it's, it's stable. Yeah. Kind of unlike Bun actually currently. I mean, I love Bun. I, I think Bun's really, really cool. I don't want to get in trouble with any of the Bun fans, stands or whatever. Bun's very much in the hype cycle right now. Oh, my it's, God. Right. It's just on the upswing. The trough of disillusionment is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I feel like we should take one step back real quick because I know we're t- we're talking yeah, about island architecture. I, I'm waiting for the TJ step back. Uh, okay. However, go. like I think it's I think it's cool that we discuss this though because I think people also find this sort of stuff interesting because basically we've moved beyond just the realms of island architecture, but we're talking about really alternatives to Node at this mm-hmm. point, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. Dino is. It was sure. I I, I believe it was created by the same dude, right, Ryan yeah. Dahl, that created yeah. Node, created Dino. Mm-hmm. And trying to so fix this mistake, basically. Yeah. So it's it's I guess it's interesting in some sense to see that if you're building a framework now, like you you really kind of have choices for your even like your underlying tech. Like yeah. it used to be like Node was for years, like the same seven, eight years we've been talking about. If you're building a framework, you would just start by creating your package JSON, start with your <laughs> node dependencies. Like that wasn't even called into question. But I guess now like it's sort of interesting that we're starting to see some forking in terms of the underlying options, which I think is probably a good thing because Node has been very stagnant. So yeah, it's going to do the same thing that NPM had to step up its game when Yarn came into the picture and they did some fantastic improvements. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The competition is a good thing. But, you know, what's what's the common denominator here? The common denominator is JavaScript. Learn JavaScript and you've got this skill that can take you anywhere from three different ways of putting stuff out on the server to react native or whatever, you know, it's, it's a, and I'm sure, I mean, probably goes on to, you know, IOT devices as well. Um, but okay. So then we're, before we get back to Island architecture, cause we did mention yeah, Bun. Yeah. So I feel like we, so we've got node, Bun. we've got Dino and now we have Bun. Bun. So I feel like we, we should, we, we should at least define and describe what that is since we, we went there, we should do it right. <laughs> Well, okay, so Bun is a new JavaScript VM, so virtual machine it can run your JavaScript. It can actually do a couple of things. It can do it; it does that, so it can run your JavaScript. But it can also uh, do it. Also, does its own version of npm, which is a lot faster. And the whole point of all this is that it's just faster, fast, um, very fast for certain types of things. And I think it's got, what is it? It's also got testing kind of. It's in the early days and it's, it's kind of like trying to be like a Rome sort of thing. I'm sorry. Don't mean to bring in yet another technology. <laughs> yeah. It's an all in one. It's, it's trying to be all the things. It's trying to be like so that you have one toolkit for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But do it fast. Right. And so. Yeah. They, they kind of talk about how it's three times faster for next or something like that. I would say I've been able to kind of get it up to like two X faster in my stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's unstable currently. It tends to fall over quite a bit. 
So I wouldn't put it in yeah. pod. No, but I think it's interesting because it like the couple things that struck me is first of all, it's basically one dude that like yes. wrote yeah, 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 almost yeah. all of it. That's okay. Yeah, one dude behind and, one, I guess. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One whole massive community. Yeah. Well, everything usually starts with something like this, but it was like yeah. just did a, a ton of work for just one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I believe they did not, they purposefully did not use V8 and they went right. with JavaScript core as well. And that a whole lot of it was just hand rolled and a lot of the speed improvements were just from one person's like personal mission to do this, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating to me. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because when you look at the Bun website, not only do they tout the speed, but they also really tout the batteries included kind of moniker. So when you install Node, and I'm not sure about Dino because I really haven't worked with it, but with Node, there is absolutely nothing that comes with with it. You have to install, probably you're going to install Express or something on top of it that has all the stuff that you really want to do with Node, like HTTP fetching, and then you have to add OAuth and body parsing and this, that, and the other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Bun says, you know, we have SQLite built in, so you can do server-side saves to databases or to a local file that's like a database. And they have auth. I don't, do they have auth? I'm not sure about no, that. No, I think But no. there's a whole lot of stuff that just comes baked in already. They've made those decisions for you and you just go with it. If you like the way that Bun does it, great. If you don't, sorry, you're probably going to have to deal with it at least for a while and figure out another way around. But you know, a lot of people, myself included, I do, I appreciate when frameworks take some of those tooling and like, which library do I use? Or how do I get this initially set up, take it out of my hands and just show me they're like, here, this is how you do it, go forth and build your thing. So that's another thing in kind of in Bun's favor is that if you appreciate somebody making the decisions for you, or at least being very recommendary of this is how we would approach it. That's also there to get you started faster. Okay. So I'm going to try to transition us back to well, islands at this point. Can I, can I throw oh, in a, yeah, yeah. a little bit more on Bun, uh, Bun there? So <laughs> it is highly optimized around the things that are IO. It's like, so the kind of stuff, like if you got us, if this thing, if this reminds you of you, so if you are doing a next app, where you're just on the server or doing your server side render, you're making a bunch of API calls back to some microservice backend back there, some Java dudes in a back room, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you're, you know, you're, you're rendering the result. If that's you, then bun is optimized for you. You know, like as Paige said, it's got, you know, so the built in optimized HTTP, blah, 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 blah. And so it's very, very good for that. And the more that you do those kind of backend, the, microservices requests, the better performance gain you're going to get off of Node. I did notice that if you do like heavy computational stuff, there's actually some performance optimizations in Node that actually outclass 
fun. So, you know, you just, you really always, as with all these things, you really should like actually try and do some testing like around the kind of workloads that you put on it to make mm -hmm. sure that it's actually going to give you and your app performance benefits as opposed to just like looking at the hype cycle and saying oh i got like 10 times performance on this yeah wow you know whatever <laughs> like that maybe that's not your app dude that's their app <laughs> so maybe the the one thread that that i think works with these these texts that we're talking about that for different island architecture implementations and these different like node alternatives is they're all kind of new so mm. should we rank them like how for all of this stuff like on a scale from you should just play with this, but not actually use it all the way up to like, this is ready for your production applications. How mature do you think like these various tools that we're talking about are? Should people like toss these in production tomorrow? Is this like uh, just sort of maybe use for your personal blog to like tinker with at the moment? Where, where are we kind of at with this stuff? I would say the islands architecture stuff, particularly like the older ones, like Marco, Astro, Eleventy is, is, is also an islands architecture one. Mm -hmm. It's been around for a while. It's been around for a couple of years. And so I would say those are pretty, pretty stable. It's definitely, it's not, and I would say it's definitely something I, I would learn. Right. I would learn at least one of the islands architecture models. And that would, that's just my opinion. I, I think fresh is really cool. Like I, I, but a little time will tell in terms of how it plays. Um, I was thinking about it like, and then there's Den, and then there's, sorry, bun. And I, it's like bun to me is like taking uh, a Yaris and putting nitrous on it. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's going to go faster, but it's, but that ain't going to be an F1 car. Right. An right. F1 car is a fundamentally different architecture mm -hmm. than no, a, a boosted node. Right. <laughs> and so I would, I would definitely, I would gear, I don't think you're going to learn a lot from like getting into bun. It's like, Oh, cool. My, no, my stuff just works faster. Yay. But now it's like, but you know, if you learn a new thing with islands architecture, that is literally like you, now you've opened a whole new vista of potential and you got like a whole new panacea of things that you can talk about. Yeah, I sort of like that way of presenting it because I I haven't played with any of this stuff yet. I've seen a demo on Astro before, but there's a difference between like seeing a quick like little 10 minute video versus actually like, yeah, actually like trying and building something small. So mm -hmm. that might be my next step just so I can speak. If nothing else, I can speak intelligently about it with you two <laughs> to having tried it. Yeah. And one thing to really keep in mind with a lot of these, like Jack said, is how long they've been around and how mm. much the community has helped move them forward. Because Bun is not even in its first version. It's still version 0.1. something at this point. At it's six last night or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, that to me is not production ready. That that's definitely still at the tinker around with it, play with it locally <laughs> if you want to, but don't expect this to fare well if you're building a site that really needs to be up all the time. Maybe if you're building experimental stuff, then sure, go for it and see what happens. But yeah, yeah but for stability's sake, anything that's going into production, I think you would be much better off jumping on the island architecture bandwagon and seeing how that works and checking out how you know, maybe rebuild something that you've already built before and see if there's a difference in terms of performance and if there's a huge difference in terms of how you would build it knowing island architecture. I think that that would probably, like TJ said, be a better use of time at this point. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we all, I guess, for the past couple of years, you started talking about like how to do things faster, right? We've mm-hmm. all sort of realized that like React is wonderful, but it is literally like putting an operating system on top of an operating, on top of your browser, which is an operating system, on top of your operating system, which is an operating system. I mean, it is just, it's a, it's a ton. Like I've, I've gone through the, some of the React code and it is, it is monstrous. It is huge. And so we've all been looking at things like, or what, you know, we've been looking at things like Svelte and Solid. And those are like, again, ways to like say, oh, well, we could just do the same kind of thing, but just do it lighter and, and faster. But fundamentally, the same architecture. I think Island stuff is literally just like a whole, a whole new like, hey, let's look at this from, let's holistically just look at the page from an entirely different aspect and say, well, can we keep the isomorphic thing, but also get the optimization of only sending out what we actually need to? To the client, you know, and how do we hint our system that this is something that the client, that this is something that is going to be interactive versus this is actually going to be just like, eh, whatever, something on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like I, I've just been doing some searching around for how popular some of these things are. And both Astro and 11T did quite well in the state of JavaScript survey last year. Mm-hmm. Ast- a- Astro especially, Astro and SpellKit are actually right on the top of like the highest or the most, I guess I'm sorting by satisfaction. So the most, this <laughs> <laughs> is just a weird, it, it's a weird phrase to say, but if I sort by satisfaction, Astro, Astro does quite well. And Astro is cool because you're basically learning a new architecture without having to learn like an entirely new way to write your components. Mm-hmm. Whereas SvelteKit is an entirely new way to, to actually write a component. Like it's like more like view, you know, you have like a script block and then you, Got this kind of interesting, like, dependency sort of thing going on in there. It's kind of cool, but, like, you know, different. Whereas, like, oh, for Astro, I can just, like, take my React skills, and now I'm just doing them faster and and more intelligently on the page. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no translation or syntax, yeah. you know, change required. Because I've been working with Svelte just recently on a project, mm-hmm. And it is, it's close enough to React that I can usually figure out what's going on, but it's just <laughs> far enough away that I have to Google how to do this in Spelt versus how I would normally do it in React. So yeah, yeah. I can see how Astro would be a, a friendlier way to go from one to the other. And it's still, it's got the, like the, like when you do iteration in Spelt, it's still got like extra tags and stuff, right? You know, you put yes. in there. Yeah, the JSX uh, is different because you have uh, curly braces around things like if statements, which you can't really do in React. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, you put in curly braces for looping over things. You can do these interesting kind of if statements in the JavaScript portion. So if something updates or, you know, as after a page loads, if such and such exists, then run this script. It's it's interesting. It's yeah. It's nice. It's kind of, I can see how it cuts down on a lot of the React code and the hooks that you would normally have to do to get the same things to happen, but it is different. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> hooks, man. They, they, it, uh, I think we're still dealing with the fallout from hooks. People just not liking it. Just, yeah. It's- it just takes a lot of getting used to. And honestly, I have not used the new hooks for React 18. I just haven't built anything that has needed to yet. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about them yet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should, but I have, you're right. I haven't either. It is. I, I just think people have fundamentally, I, I randomly get people on my Discord server saying, like I had one guy saying, 
I went in for an interview. Here's the code that I put in. They and I didn't pass. And I'm like looking at the code, and it was like, you know, he had this. He used a use effect to to like synchronously update some state. And I'm like, that's a memo, dude. It's like you know, kind of things. People were just still kind of messing it up. And there's like this all this sort of like tribal knowledge, like ooh, mm-hmm. use memo and use callback are bad. Use it's callback, like, well, yeah. Why? What? No, they're not. Actually, they're in there for a reason. You should use them. What are you talking about? Like, and but people are like, no, 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 no. But what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Jack, I have I have an additional question here. So yeah, I, you you had mentioned that the islands architecture. So the whole idea is you're you're sort of identifying areas of your page that are the interactive parts, right? Right. right. Do you have like examples of how that works in the framework specifically? Like, let's say I'm building the comments section, right? Like what differentiates my like comments component where it is interactive from like my blog component where all I'm doing is like rendering a markdown file. Mm -hmm. Like, is there like little, do these frameworks have like little syntactical things I'm doing? Am I like fundamentally writing these things different? Like, obviously there's a lot of frameworks. So like, you know, you could answer with either like one specific example or just like a general thing. I'm just sort of curious. Sure. I'll give you the specific example I know, which is fresh because it's fresh in mind and just <laughs> used it recently. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the way that you demarcate that it's an island is you literally take the component and you put it into a folder named islands and that's it. Then, then you're done. And then, that's and it. that's how the, that's how the framework knows that like, Oh, this component is that. But the really cool thing is that like, you're not, getting out of react it's like it's just this it's the same component it's just in an it's just in this different folder and but that's it yeah that's pretty darn simple yeah so is the idea that if you have a component so i'm writing a component and i know it'll never change if i just write it as a normal component you're saying fresh will basically just render that from the server and then just like never touch it again right it's just there right. it, it won't it, it will render on the server and then it will not send that code to the to the page. And if you're looking at like the view so you page source coming back, there won't be that big old script block unless you've got an island on the page. And then the script block would just be to, for the data for that one island or whatever. So, I mean, if you just go, if you have a page that's like literally just like all you're doing is just rendering data and that's it. Maybe you have a login button. Let's just or say rendering data and forget the login button for a thing. And, and you look at the video page source. It's it's literally just HTML. And you look at at the inspector, and you will have no JavaScript. And of course, the fastest JavaScript is no JavaScript at all on the client. Mm-hmm. So I mean, these woo fast lightning. Yeah, fast. that's that's kind of nice because I feel yeah. like for most honestly, most like blog type or marketing type websites, you really don't need any javascript like right yeah. Like, yeah. yeah honestly even your comment section is usually a third party thing in most cases so um usually you're doing some sort of like iframe or embed or or something for that anyways so it's kind of nice because i think that's the one thing that historically because i remember debates especially as react is first getting popular and angular js was popular people would say like oh don't build your blog in with react because it's like overkill right you don't need javascript mm-hmm. to do it but the thing is like it's kind of nice sometimes yeah yeah well, <laughs> they're right the, well the thing is like it's it's kind of nice like there's a reason people yeah. want to do it right because yeah. like i like i mean honestly we're all here because and you're probably listening to this because you like using react in yeah. some capacity it's like what brings us all together so yeah. i feel like 
one nice thing about some of these newer approaches is it lets us keep coding with things we like doing, but the making the end result more faster or more friendly for the user at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me ask you this. If you had a website that relied on updates from either web sockets or from polling, like a stock ticker or Mm -hmm. something like that, would island architecture be a good solution or would that not be what this is best suited for? I I mean, you're going to have static parts of the page anyway. You're probably going to have a header. You're going to have a footer. Those Mm -hmm. are probably going to be mostly static. You might have some... I don't know, some other static information on the page. And then you'd have like the dynamic section of the the ticker, right? right? And then so all you'd be getting in terms of the JavaScript is the the ticker. And I'm I, I worked for you know Nike and Walmart. I mean, the the header and footer were non-trivial. I mean, we're talking hundreds yeah. of links and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. I mean, you you work for you know Home Depot, I think, right? Yeah. So or, yes. Or low, low, yeah. I mean, yeah, these 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 are not trivial, right? These are huge. <laughs> So to say that you're actually removing like the header and the footer from the download is not trivial. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. So there, there's that alone. I mean, at, at I think at both Nike and Walmart, well, I, I know that we actually ended up using like, we didn't even deal with React on those. Those were just like custom kind of like added into the DOM type deals because it, it was just ridiculous, the idea of like doing those in React <laughs> on, on both the client and server. Got it. So even for those more, what you would consider more dynamic websites and interactive websites, this could still be a really good saver of of space and time and things like that. Right. Sure. The question is like, in, in as opposed to thinking about the whole page is dynamic, now you've got this gradient scale of like, oh, it could be 10% dynamic and be 20% dynamic. And we only get download the, po- the code for that 20%. Like if you were to jack that all the way up to 100, would you be less, would, would the page be significantly less efficient than the next version of the same 100% dynamic page. Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it'd probably be roughly the same. So at that point, you know, it's, it's whether you're putting yourself on a gradient scale or whether you're just like, basically throwing up your hands and saying, well, the entire page is dynamic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so follow up question then, if you already had an existing site that was built with React or built with Vue or whatever, how difficult or simple would it be to start incorporating something like this? Like, could you add Astro to it or would it really need to be you're your building, rebuilding the site or you're starting from the ground up and you're starting with the island architecture? Mm, I don't I can't say from experience, but my guess is that you're going to have to lift and shift. Yeah. But the fact that you're still staying within React. You know, That'll make that it makes that lift and that makes the lift and shift a whole lot easier, right? Yes. But that would be that's thank you for a great video idea of <laughs> let's go and take a next app and turn it into an Astro app and see <laughs> how that plays. That, that's Happy to like, provide ideas. Yeah, okay, let's, let's do this. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I will literally put that in my 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 <laughs> right now, and I will I will th- say that you are the inspiration. For <laughs> Well, Jack, I'll, I'll follow the the format of our new, normal show. Do you have any other like tips and tricks, or is there anything that we missed that uh, we should discuss related to to islands? I I watched this really good. Yeah, I just uh, one little weird second for here. here. I watched this veracity veracitum. What is that video like? You know, veracityum. I don't know. He's a great guy on YouTube, and he he had this thing on like experts versus beginners, and the four things that that you need to make an expert. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And the fourth thing was like, why don't we all, why aren't we all like F1 drivers now? Because we've <laughs> driven a car for so long, right? That like we should all be, we should all, we all have 10,000 hours behind the wheel of a car. Why aren't we all just amazing car drivers? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason is because we don't de- challenge ourselves. We don't, we don't go onto off-road tracks. We don't drive in, you know, crazy weather all the time, blah, 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 blah. We don't like challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be, if you want to take your, your skill level up in this crazy world that we call computer science, right? If you don't want to just like go into management or whatever, right? You know, you actually want to be a better engineer. You really need to challenge yourself. And I would say, even if you don't end up using this, I would, I, I would always just, you know, pull some of these things off the shelf, you know, take the five minutes while you're watching Game of Thrones on reruns. And, you know, you've, you've seen the red wedding before you can code through that, you know, and, you know, try it out, man. Like, what do you got to lose? You're just going to you push yourself, try new things. and It'll make you a better engineer, even if you don't use it in real in real life. Do you know if the name of the video was the four things you need to be an expert? Yes. There okay. you go. It, it is a go. great one. And that whole, all his videos are great watches. Oh my God. That's why he's got yeah, and it's, a billion users, but what a, a billion it, followers. Yeah, it's V E R I T A S I U M. So oh, if you're got it. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Terrible name. But terrible awesome name. But, but the four things you need to be an expert is that that's some good like YouTube SEO right there. Like, oh that's my God. Mm-hmm. He's always the best. Debate. He actually did a video on SEO and it was a great video on <laughs> SEO. Like, you know, like, yeah. So I mean, it hadn't yeah, changed the title on that one. That's cool. It's kind of the the same. I've heard a very similar thing spoken about when you're trying to improve your skills uh, as kind of concentrated practice instead of just, like yes, you said, exactly. going through the motions or doing kind of falling back on what you already know. It's consciously trying to stretch yourself, whether it's refactoring code or trying a new framework or you get better as your brain kind of makes new connections or clicks in different ways. And that's it sounds very much like that. It's like just watching a video is probably not going to do it for you. You actually have to get your hands dirty and break some stuff and then it'll start to make sense and you'll start to just come up with new ways to solve problems, which is what we do all day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it feeds back to I mean, we just had this discussion like 10 minutes ago that like I saw a video on Astro, but like that did me next to no good, right? Because I know the, no, the yeah. way it the way the way it clicks for me, at least and I got to do it, you got to do it. And I think yeah. that's, that's true for everybody to a certain extent. But like, you have to do it. And like, if you really want to be an expert, you have to do it like beyond just hello world too. like you have to be, oh, yeah. you have to be looking to solve an actual problem, you have to be mm-hmm. motivated to to build something real for it to really for it to really click yeah well cool so i think that we have exhausted these topics of islands and bun and different node frameworks and things that you can power your apps <laughs> with so let's move into the pick section and these are things that we think are cool videos or maybe youtube channels that we've watched recently and really enjoyed <laughs> or products that we think you might like as our users hey folks if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or If you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. So, TJ, do you want to start us off today? Yeah, actually, this YouTube thing just made me think of something very random, but there's a YouTube channel called Summoning Salt, which they cover, they basically do like these mini like document, almost like, uh, I don't know, it's all about speed running video games, which is something oh, that yeah. 
I thought I would never care about, right? Oh, like, no. like I like video games, but I've never, like, I've just sort of been casually aware that there's a group of people that speed run them. I've occasionally mm -hmm. seen YouTube videos. Well, this guy basically turned it into like a documentary like series, right? Well, he'll cover <gasps> speed runs on video games, but cover like the history of it. Oh, I'm all about this. But they do it. He does it in a way that's like, strangely fascinating it's like one of those things that like when you have somebody who's really good at creating and can somehow take something that you would not think would be interesting at all and make it so you're like really compelled to watch this random twitch streamer try to like make this very hard jump on attempt number eight thousand or whatever right yeah. <laughs> you're like why am i so compelled by this but yeah um it's summoning salt on youtube and all of his videos are very good oh my so god I'm all, I'll, I'll recommend this. that <sighs> And those communities well, are actually strangely really good. Like they're really helpful to each other and they, they're always just trying to like get, you know, the, the high score or the, or the fastest <laughs> run. Yeah. And his videos have like millions of views. So right. it's like something that like, it's, it's amazing how anybody can find these entertaining, even if you think you, you're not interested <laughs> in this at all. Yeah. He found the secret sauce that everybody really enjoys. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Jack, would you like to give us a pick for this week? Gosh, I guess I'm going to be a little bit boring this week. And I just got my M2 Mac, the 13 inch. And mm. it, boy, it's a howler. It, it's fast. <laughs> Woo! The only thing I don't like about it is that it doesn't ha handle ex multiple external monitors or so it seems. Like it's only the one. And it's like, no, that's not uh. good. So I'm, I'm actually, that's like a software thing, though, uh, that they can fix. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually weirdly I'm considering one of those god awful like 49 inch super widescreen beasts, you know, oh. uh, I didn't want to do that. I, I guess I might have to. I didn't want to be that guy. But anyway, I like my M2. So there you go. Nice. Cool. <laughs> so my pick for this week is going to be along the same lines as what my a recent one was, which was Formula One. This one is actually the the new Maverick movie, though, the new, or the mm. new Top Gun movie, which is Maverick Top uh. Gun. So if you enjoyed the first one, you will absolutely enjoy this one. And it is not a remake at all. It is a brand new storyline. Tom Cruise is in it, obviously. And there's lots of fighter pilots and jets and things like that. But it's <laughs> they really did a fantastic job of taking an existing franchise and making a second movie that was totally unique and really, really, really good. So if you have not seen it yet, go see it in theaters. Go see it when it comes out on on video definitely watch it though i think you'll you'll go for it did you see it in imax that seems to be no i just saw it oh, in regular okay. theaters but that was that was good enough <laughs> yeah. i have not seen it yet but i've only heard good things so i yeah i need to yeah they really there were some movies that have come out that are like sequels or many many into the franchise this summer and they were a little bit disappointing but this one is not at all this one is really they they did it well yeah i think we talked last week about thor right and, and thor was kind of like eh, yeah it's a little bit good. more of the same kind of yeah good but you're kind of you're, you're, you already kind of know what to expect and a little bit all over the map like who came up with this plot? It's a, random number it's where we're 
that's where we're starting to get with the Marvel movies because we just watched the second Doctor Strange movie. Mm. And like, mm. you feel like anymore you watch a Marvel movie and you have to like go to YouTube afterwards to figure <laughs> out what you just watched because a character will show up and it's like, oh yeah, don't you remember when this character showed up 10 movies ago and the context related to it? It's like, maybe, I don't know. Like, uh, right? <laughs> new people show up and it's like, oh, you didn't read that comment for, comic from 1978 where this... <laughs> This plot series was, yeah, right. getting Special a little bit episode nuts. episode number 27. You didn't see yeah. crossover? <laughs> <laughs> We're watching Westworld now, and it is, again, like if I go with a fourth season or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, everything is this existential weirdness and time travel, and you're like, oh, man, yeah. just just want to relax. This, this show is too intense for me. Like, <laughs> Requires too much brain power. <laughs> well this has been really fun guys and i yeah I awesome. is, folks out there I mean, are excited i'm inspired about to new. check out astro like i've never mm. been before <laughs> cool yeah we should give uh, a plug for our discord channel mm-hmm. uh, for our discord channel as well so if you want to come chat oh, yes. with any of us with yeah. us about any of this we hang out there so we love yep. hearing from you all. Oh, and we I have also, a pizza update for you. I did try the ham, the ham and, and, and <laughs> pizza, and it was quite delicious. Thank you. I actually do have oh, a excellent. I should, I should drop the video on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Some good, like, good YouTube clickbait, too. You should right? make, yeah. like, I could just see the thumbnail right now. I tried ham, I tried pineapple on pizza, and here's what I think, or, you know, something <laughs> yes, open-ended. Right. Yeah. yeah. I survived pineapple on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, can cool. too <laughs> so right. thank Wonderful you time. everybody for joining us for this panelist episode we'll see you on the next episode of react roundup yep bye everybody bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn deliver your content fast with cashfly visit dot com to learn more